0: Okay, we will look at uh, the topic today on the uh, big subject, sanctification. Uh, this is a topic given to me by Pastor Micah and uh, and the text, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, verses 23 to 24, and then uh, Philippians uh, chapter 2, verses 12 to 13. Um, as I prepare the, the sermon, I think those of you who have heard me preaching in the uh, in the past years i've now preached far less i'm mostly uh, doing expository sermon so topical is always been something that i struggle so as i start to write my sermon i realized that wow i i could actually take dismantle my sermon and make it into four sermons you know and i know people complain if i go into preaching for more than one hour Uh, I know that there's a pastor in town famous, he preached six hours and his members never complained. But I don't think that CDPC can take it. I wouldn't be able to take it myself. So I literally cut off my sermon by 60 to 70%. I just give my PowerPoint to uh, to, uh, uh, our sister there. uh, And, soggy uh, but i think you look at the 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 powerpoint you still think quite a fair bit la. Um, okay i think i think uh, let me go into that now now i want you to take a few minutes i want you to take a few minutes to think about the last three years of your life Uh, as a Christian, you know, the last three years, pandemic. Now, can you see a pattern of definite growth in sanctification? Of course, I need to define what sanctification, but you have read just now Westminster Confession. Um, You understand what sanctification is. Can you see these three years during the pandemic that you have actually grown in sanctification now take a few minutes and think what are the things that you used to delight in in which you no longer interest uh, no longer interest in not things that you were not uh, formally interested you take delight in may not help you in sanctification but you suddenly realize that during this pandemic you're no longer interested in those things and what are some things that you used to have no interest in, but now hold great interest for you? I certainly know of uh, uh, people, you know, uh, during these three years, grown so much in in studying the Word of God. In fact, I have a, a, a friend, a good friend, who actually now enjoy preaching, studying, and 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 really studying, spend a lot more time. But are there patterns of sins that you continuously struggle, uh, struggle with and you have seen breakthrough? Now take a few minutes because during the pandemic, things happen, and you are locked down and now open up already, uh, yet not fully opened up in the sense that uh, people are still fearful. You know, we used to have a big attendance in the old church in the IOI and we are not the only church that has been affected uh, i know a lot of big churches mega churches attendance drop you know few hundred people disappeared and i was wondering what is god doing is god doing weeding out or people who come and then suddenly you know uh a pandemic and then you know suddenly realize that this is not what they want uh, how do you build a church community how do you equip a, a church community during the pandemic so that we continue to engage the society, continue to proclaim the gospel, continue in discipleship? How do you do that? You know, the pandemic, you must have thought through. That's why you are the few people who keep coming back. Now, sanctification, as you look at the, my front page of the PowerPoint, Sanctification is the process in which believers are set apart from sin to Christ-likeness. Now, I want to make it simple for, for children to understand. Now, nah? Sanctification is the process in which God wants to make you beautiful. Beautiful like Jesus Christ. Beautiful in character. I'm not just talking about your, the beauty of your external beauty, you know, the, the face, the physical beauty. God wants to make you beautiful like Jesus Christ, beautiful in character. I think children can understand when I say that. So, sanctification is the process. It's not instantaneous. It's not overnight when you are born again, you believe in Jesus, then you are, you are sanctified. You're made holy. You're made beautiful you know character growth huh, takes time and and it is a process in which you are set apart by god from sin and to christ likeness so we read in first thessalonians chapter 5 23 okay first thessalonians you can take a look at the site now the first thessalonians chapter five twenty three. In fact the uh, uh the chapter chapter 5 is actually paul give his final exaltation and instruction you know the the chapter 5 earlier verses and then when he come to verse 23 he ended the exalt, final exaltation and instruction with a prayer It is his pastoral prayer for the the church in thessalonica and i read and think through about his prayer the prayer is also applicable to us it's also for us because his prayer is in line with the intention of God he understand this is the intention of God sanctification is what God all along wanted to do for the church and for his people meaning for us he want want us to grow in sanctification and so we read in chapter 5 uh, chapter 5 verse 23 And this is what Paul prayed, and he could very well pray for us. May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you true and true. The other version used the word that God made you holy completely, or beautify you, make you beautiful, true and true, completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless, or be kept faultless at the coming of our lord jesus christ now of course here uh, later i'm going to mention that uh, paul is not teaching the whole doctrine of tripartite that we are uh, consists of spirit soul and body of course this is a theological debate you know uh, they're talking about dual dual part and the tripartite uh, spirit soul and body uh or spirit and soul is one and then and then there's body and but he's talking about the whole spirit soul and body the totality of our being the whole person be kept blameless Uh, that is what paul pray for the church pray for thessalonica christian and this will happen at the coming of our lord jesus christ at the at the return second coming of christ when jesus will bring in his the fullness of his kingdom and ushered in the new heavens and the new earth and and in the theological term it's called parousia the second coming of Christ where everything will be made new you know uh, will be given uh, a resurrected glorified body where there's no more sin you know the sin presence of sin is removed I cannot imagine that kind of uh, existence you know everybody is so wonderful in character well, then I say I don't have to face difficult people anymore. You don't have to find someone, you know, ob- obnoxious. You know, you may, you may not have to find a pastor who will make life difficult for you. He said, everyone will be so good. Well, that is what Paul prayed lah, uh, for all of us. And the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Okay, let me unpack. I need to do a little bit of exposition. Uh, topical, I, as I mentioned to you, is not my forte. I always struggle in doing topical sermon because I have to cover very broadly. Yeah? But let me do a little bit of uh, exposition. Uh, let me in, uh, indulge in that. Uh, three things about Paul's prayer for the Christian in Thessalonica. Three things uh, about the prayer. Number one, the first thing, we know that Paul prayed that God will make Christians holy. Because it says sanctify you true and true. Whenever you come across the word sanctify or sanctification, uh, I wouldn't have time to go into that now, uh, but I would take the, the primary meaning from this text in 1 in the Thessalonians, uh, is to make you holy, to make Christians, or to make believers, people whom God has chosen, to make them holy the second meaning about sanctification uh, which is also very very true when you read uh, in the, in the epistle is to set Christian apart for his purpose like things being sanctified yeah? to be devoted to be set apart unto God I mean, exclusively to be used by God uh, that is a very beautiful meaning you know God has to work in you work at you work in you until you know that Your life is being set apart to be used by God for His purpose. Isn't that wonderful? So that if your life, if you live only unto yourself and unto the world, then you miss the point of what God has chosen you. He wants to make you holy. He wants wants to set you apart for His purpose. He wants to sanctify you. And for the children, God wants to beautify you, to make you beautiful in character. To be like the lord jesus christ and so the first thing is that god wants to make christian holy he wants to make us holy uh, he wants to make us holy now first thessalonians chapter 4 verse 3 uh, you, if you if you turn to first thessalonians chapter 4 verse 3 he uh, said that it is god's will that you should be sanctified now paul say it is god's will that you should be sanctified now so paul's prayer is very very biblical he knows what god wanted to do god himself will make christian will make you uh, holy will sanctify you because it is god's will it is god's intention it's what he wanted to do and and what did he say in first corinthians chapter uh, 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 3 he said that god's will that you should be sanctified that you should avoid sexual immorality Uh, then the sanctification is to be seen in the area of sexual purity now this is very applicable you know to me because uh, uh the society in thessalonica and this letter spoke to a culture that filled with seductive images although those they got no internet Filled with sexual, seductive images and then lots of sexual pressure. That's why uh, Paul had to tell the Thessalonica Christian, it is God's will that you should be sanctified in the area of sexual purity. Let no one defraud your brother, uh, that you learn how to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Well, wow, so 21st century uh, uh, way of saying, you know, very applicable to our modern century. I think uh, 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 those young people, children also understand that. Uh, then then, Paul is saying that not impassionate lust like the heathen who do not know God. And that in this matter, no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. Meaning, I think Paul is simply saying, don't simply, in your church, in the congregation, when you see someone else's wife beautiful, more beautiful than your wife, then you take advantage of the someone else's wife. Take advantage of the brother by sleeping with another person's wife. Now, it sounds a bit, a bit funny, you know. It happened in the church, but it does happen. So, Paul is talking about uh, sanctification in the area of sexual purity. Alright? So, uh, then in verse 7, he says, For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. So, sanctification is about living a holy life. And then, Ephesians chapter 1, uh, Paul uh, in verse two, I think is Ephesians uh, chapter one. Uh, Paul mentioned that God chose us in Christ before the creation of the world, uh, the, uh, that, uh, of the world to be holy, uh, to be holy and blameless. God chose us in Christ. He's talking about election. I do need to go uh, over that uh, doctrine now because uh, I think someone has already preached that, probably uh, Pastor Micah. Uh, That before God even created the world, even before God created you, God already chose you. That is a doctrine of election. uh, uh, Not because of anything good you have done, that God elected you by his mercy and grace. And the end goal is that God chose you so that you be holy and blameless. But then the doctrine of original sin tells us that we are depraved, you know, we are sinners. We are sinners. We are born in sin. And so, but God wanted us to be holy and blameless. He chose us so that we become holy and blameless. Uh, So there are two things that he tells me. Number one, God actually did that by giving Jesus to justify us. That the righteousness of Christ is imputed to us. Our sins are imputed to Christ. And therefore, because of our, our faith in the finished work of Jesus, we are declared righteous. I think uh, Elder Han has mentioned that in the last week preaching. Uh, we are justified we are being declared holy, righteous in the sight of God. Wow, that is amazing. That is the good news. As far as God see you, I say, oh, my son, my daughter, you are beautiful. You are sanctified that's why you look at the epistles when paul wrote now he always addressed christians as the saints the holy ones he used the word sanctified you know you are really sanctified so in the sight of god you are already holy but in reality in life we are sinners that's why martin luther uh, the reformers uh, I'm going to use the Latin word. Uh, I actually check Google because I don't study Latin. I, I check and uh, uh, try to pronounce that is "simul utus et peccato" uh, that is Latin, uh, meaning "simultaneously." "Simul" mean "simul utus" means "simultaneously," just or righteous or holy, and at the same time means "simultaneously." At the same time, you are righteous and holy and yet sinners what does that mean so martin luther is saying that from one perspective in one sense we are already holy righteous sanctified because god sees us in his sight because of jesus uh, finished work he died on the cross on our behalf paid the penalty of sin and made us holy and meaning that he God declared us holy God declared us holy and from the other the another perspective we are sinners in reality in life we are sinners so seemingly it's like contradictory but actually it's not because it's from one perspective from God's perspective we are already holy uh, righteous but from another perspective in reality in life we are sinners and so paul understand this perfectly that's why he talked about sanctification we need sanctification so let me introduce the two theological terms to help you to understand progressive sanctification is the process that will that we will last through our whole life the minute we are born again that begin the process of sanctification and the whole of our life will continue to grow in holiness, to grow in sanctification and and sins in our life will be weakened and the holiness will grow and that's called progressive sanctification you know some people are more sanctified than the others in actual life they are more holy than others but there is another term called perfect sanctification which will only take place at the coming of Christ perfect sanctification means that we and the theological term mean is glorification I think next week uh, uh, I don't know whether Pastor Michael will be preaching on that or someone else glorification is that you are fully sanctified the presence of sin will be completely removed from you so you are given a resurrected and a glorified body resurrected perfect glorified body in which there's no sin so it's called perfect sanctification so so uh, paul's prayer is that we will grow progressively progressive sanctification god will himself will sanctify you through and true, completely But of course, we know in reality, in this life, we will never achieve perfect sanctification. That doesn't mean that we will not want to grow, to reach perfect sanctification. Because the end goal is that God wants us to be perfectly sanctified, perfectly holy. And so Paul's prayer is in line with the will of God, with what God has uh, a purpose in choosing us, even before he created us and and it is God's will that we should be fully sanctified all right so it is God's intention now so first thing God wants us to make us like Jesus holy and righteous and beautiful from the inside out including our thoughts and our attitudes and motivation as well as action this is the second point God uh, will sanctify the whole person it's not just your external behavior. You may be wonderful huh? holy externally, you know, People say, "Wow, this guy is so gentle, you know." Wow, inside you're raging, you know, you're very angry inside. Almost inside you want to take a knife and kill that person, that person, the person your boss huh? or your 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 leader who, who provoke you, and huh? then you outside you're very nice, very gentle, smiling. But inside you want to really beat the person but because you got no authority and power so you don't but what it is say here what god uh, want to sanctify you uh, that your your spirit soul and body uh, spirit and soul is what you can't see It's the inner life in the internal you know your spirit and soul your emotion your motive your will your conscience your attitude all these people can't see it's inside you god wants to work that your inner righteousness will match the external i would say rather the external behavior your external holiness will match your inner or inner righteousness or inner holiness so external and outside both are one match that mean god intention is that your whole person to be sanctified no me. Um, so as i reflect i ask myself how much is my 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 spirit and my soul have been sanctified in other words my motive huh? do i do think i am nice to you because why i want the church to grow so i'm very nice to you or i see you as someone with with uh, uh money with power and in society you're great i say oh this guy uh, uh, will make the church to be really good so i i'm nice to you i'm powerful uh, i'm 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 uh, you know spend more time with you extra nice to you that's the wrong motive so my motive is not sanctified so god want to sanctify us uh, everything inside our thought life you know a person may appear to be holy but your thought life may be something else you know you may be having sexual impurity in your mind fantasizing uh, your your external internal is completely unmatched you know so so Paul's prayer is that God will sanctify sanctify us the whole person so my question to you is that what are the areas of your life you are still struggling to grow in sanctification that which god that which god is working unrighteous anger are you struggling with that you have an anger issue do you have an anger issue i always tell uh single women christian women i say the first thing when you date you make sure you ask the boy this question ask the man do you have anger issue because i've seen Uh, married men with anger issue uh, really affect their marriage. So this is the first question you ask. Do you have anger issue? Unrighteous anger, uncontrollable anger is unsanctified. Inner, spirit and soul. Impatient, lying, vulgar language, lustful thoughts. You know, I always think that I'm a very patient man until I go into caregiving uh, my wife is suffering from uh, uh, Parkinson and she can't even go to the toilet when the medicine is not working so it take uh, five to ten minutes sometimes to just to walk to the toilet then I got to take down her, her, her diaper and, and change her wash her and clean her and help her you know sometimes I get impatient because uh, it, it happened uh, within one hour three four times you know i i want to do things and i get impatient so i realized that oh i'm still impatient i thought i might have been a very patient person people know me i'm patient very patient but put into a situation i see my unsanctified uh, person in the area of being impatient do you struggle with all this now so it is god's intention to sanctify the whole person god wants us to be holy from the inside out he wants us to be holy from the inside out so progressive in inter- the uh, 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 sanctification takes time huh? uh, paul in his letter to the corinthian christians 2 corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 he said that christians Uh, We are being transformed into the likeness of Christ from one degree of glory to another. What he meant is that Christians are progressively changed to become more and more like Christ as we grow in our Christian life. Now, so if you see in yourself uh, that you are not, your sanctification still has a long way. eh? Of course, there are many areas of our lives that need to work at uh, to see where we are. Uh, but be patient, God is working in you. Uh, we also need to be patient with other people so so we are being transformed from one degree of glory to another different rate of sanctification <clears throat> Number of years ago, I was in Charlotte I think uh, with Pastor Micah we went to the Billy Graham's library. I went there I think three to four times. Uh, I think um, uh, Pastor Micah would know I love to go there and <clears throat> My <clears throat> first trip. When I was there, before enter into the building, uh, uh, Billy Graham's exhibition uh, things, huh, where his things are being kept there. They call it the Billy Graham's library. Outside the compound, there's a tombstone. uh is his wife uh, tombstone there? Uh, Ruth Graham, Ruth Bell Graham. And there's a word, Chinese word. really I saw the word Yi mean righteousness. And then there's an English word there. Put there June. 10, 1920 and June 14, 2007. The date of her birth and the date of her death. And then there's an English word inscription there, end of construction, dash, thank you for your patience. Oh, that was very wonderful. I think Ruth Graham recognizes that she was a work in progress, work in progress. We are all WIP you know vip but we are wip work in progress sanctification work in progress wonderful so when you die is end of construction waiting for christ to give you a resurrected body where you'll be glorified you have a perfect sanctification where sin will be no more but meanwhile we will be people struggling with patience struggling with anger struggling with the sexual purity struggling with love for people you know you know so many things that we need you know to, to look at the area of sanctification and the third thing which i will later uh, mention but accept to look at verse 24 is that god will bring about full sanctification he said that god is faithful he will do it so the two things i mentioned to you the progressive sanctification which happen in this life throughout your life and the perfect sanctification meaning that you will see yourself growing in beauty in character from the inside out and and will it happen you say i've been i've been a christian for 30 40 years how come i'm still struggling with the same sin i'm just as impatient as before since the day when i became a christian then i think god will continue to work at you you are still work in progress just that you are not responding and the perfect sanctification will it happen yes because god is faithful because before he created you he have in mind to make you holy that he chose you so that you will be holy and blameless and he has given Christ to die for you and declare you righteous. Eddie. And then now he began the whole process of sanctification. Okay, I did that part of exposition, short exposition on 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 23. Now I go more on the topical, uh, the, the topic, Eddie. So the issue you want to ask is sanctification entirely the work of god is sanctification entirely the work of god meaning that we are like someone uh, i go to the the plastic uh, surgery uh, surgeon to say please help me to do a makeover a uh, complete makeover of my face so i lie down there so the surgeon just go and do do all the jaw reconstruction uh, do a nose job you know a high bridge and then do a double eyelid and then do all all the thing, then I wake up and then with all the bandages, then a month later, take down the, the bandage. Oh, I look very handsome. Now, is sanctification that God wants to make you beautiful in character? Is it entirely the work of God? Only the work that God do you don't have to do anything? No, then God will do and make you beautiful. Reformed theology affirms that salvation is entirely the work of God, meaning salvation is monogistic meaning has nothing to do with you F- saving faith being the work of the holy spirit alone meaning that when you when we were dead in sin and transgression the holy spirit made us alive in christ he quickened our spirit and make us alive in our the holy spirit regenerate those whom God elected so so saving faith is the is the is monogistic is entirely the work of god if you are dead now you cannot you cannot become alive you cannot do something to make yourself alive god has to make you alive we are talking about spiritually dead so salvation saving faith is entirely the work of the holy spirit he regenerate us and of course i don't want to go into the effectual call the regeneration and all this i think you have heard already the previous week whereas sanctification is a progressive work of god and man it is synergistic. It need, it need the Holy Spirit to make us, to work in us, and, and we respond positively to the working of the Holy Spirit more and more, so that we are free from the power of sin and conform to the likeness of Christ. And I like the Westminster Confession. He put it in a very beautiful way. Our sin will be weakened more and more so, when sin is weakened more and more, mean my desire to sin will be less and less, Eddie. My appetite to do wrong things and sinful things will be less and less, Eddie. It's to be weakened. That's why, of course, Paul used a different terms. Uh, you, yourself, your body, more and more to righteousness and not to, to sin so that you become slave to sin. So, you don't have to become slave to sin. You, your body, more and more to righteousness. So that sin will be weakened and so the role of the holy spirit is to make christian uh, 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 to respond or help us to respond positively to his working in our lives more and more to be uh, free from sin and conform to the likeness of, of christ okay now i talk about the role god's role in sanctification uh you can turn to philippines or, or isn't in the board Now, I won't go into detailed exposition. You won't have time. I have to go a bit faster. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my present, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation. Now, some people don't read carefully. They, they think, oh, I have to work for my salvation. You cannot work for your salvation. Salvation is a free gift of God. You know and you believe in christ he said work out your salvation not work for work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is god who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose and i underline that for you to see so paul tells the Philippine christian that god is at work in them both to will and to act for his good pleasure so this help us to understand indicating something the way in which God sanctifies them how did God sanctify them sancti, sancti, uh, sanctify them by causing them to want to do God's will and by giving them power to do it God provides the the power and the will make us willing want to do something that is pleasing to him he has to work inside us first in our soul and our spirit. And so that we are able to work out our salvation, to work out our obedience with fear and trembling. So except to say when you read this text, because there's a context, huh? Philippine got issue. If you read the first chapter two, few verses, uh, they got issue of only looking into their own interests, selfish ambition. And so Paul talked about humility, like Christ asked them to imitate Christ's humility. And then in, uh, in this uh, uh, verse 12 to 13, then Paul say that God is working in you so that you can work out your obedience. And then, uh, so here, except to say that sanctification is our working out what God is working in us. <clears throat> so immediately, now we come to uh, the, the verses 14 and 15. Huh? Uh, which is uh, our role in sanctification. Uh, Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. So we can see that sanctification is Christian working out in their daily lives what God already working in us. So, if you do not work out obedience to God eh, in your relationship with other people, in the workplace, in the church community, or in every sphere of life, either you are not truly born again, or if you are born again, that God is working in you, but you are resisting the work of the Holy Spirit you're not willing to work that out in your 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 external life um, so when you see complaining arguing uh, all these are unsanctified lives in the community you know quarreling and complaining you know we we, we are not happy with, with people not happy with God every every time complaining and and so so, Paul is saying that do everything without complaining, arguing, he said, he's actually telling us to work out our, our, our salvation, to work out our salvation, what God has saved us for and working in us so that there's obedience. Now, of course, Paul earlier in, uh, in also said that, uh, you know, you don't need leaders uh, uh, in the presence of leaders to do that. You know, your obedience should be also when leaders are absent. You don't need leaders to look over your shoulder. You know, like certain employees, oh, the boss coming early, or pretend to be very hardworking, to be very diligent, you know, uh, work overtime, you know, all the time, oh, I work very hard. Uh, man pleaser, you know. But Paul is saying, no, God works in you. You don't need leaders to look over your shoulder. You know how to behave, uh, uh, live in a way that is pleasing to God. You don't need. You don't need that do need leaders in their presence in order to to show that kind of godly character you do need that because god already working in you and so you can do joyfully you know serving god joyfully and uh serving people with uh, with uh, with love compassion with gentleness with patience uh, without complaining uh, that is working out your your sanctification uh uh, uh the role of man. Um, so what are the means? You know, what are the means to say that, yeah, if God, God works in us, huh, are there way in which God will help us to grow in sanctification? We know the Holy Spirit is working in us, but do we just, just like that? Listen to the voice of the Spirit? No, there they are means of grace, but there are also various means that God used, and I don't have time to go into that. I know now it's really 520 uh, Let me quickly uh, look at the, uh, the several. Uh, you, you, you put out all the means. The Word of God helps you to understand the gospel of grace, and the Word of God, if you look at 2 Timothy talking about uh, uh, inspire, uh, the Word of God, is uh, inspiration, inspired by God and uh, for training for correction and for training in holiness the word of god is used by god by the holy spirit help us to understand the gospel of grace to understand the attributes of god to understand the character of god so that we become like god become like like jesus and so the word of god will help us to train us in in holiness and prayer you know as we pray we get to understand the will of god and as we pray our hearts get closer to god and then together with the community as we pray and we grow in holiness in the sense, you know you know when you're angry uh, you 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 test and see if you're angry with someone that someone whom you're angry with you cannot pray for that person but if you really pray for that person, then you begin, God will begin to soften your heart, Eddie. And you are able to become, your anger will subside. Then you begin to understand why the person, why, why you're angry with that person. Maybe you have uh, wrongly interpreted the person's uh, action. Then gradually as you pray and more and more, you begin to find, hey, you care for that person, Eddie. Then as you keep praying, uh, there's an uh, inner working of the Spirit you begin to really go and and encourage a personality. Your whole perspective of the person is changed. Prayer, bring about sanctification. And worship, whether it's individual, corporate, as we come together, and sanctification can take place. And, and live by the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 26, it talks about the, the Holy Spirit warring inside us with our lust our flesh and then paul talked about the sinful nature is obvious and then he gave a whole list of those uh uh, destructive behavior unsanctified lives and he said the holy spirit is 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 warring with our flesh so that we will grow uh, to produce the fruit of the spirit uh, you read the whole Galatians chapter 5, 18 to 20. So, Paul asks us to live by the Spirit and keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Uh, learn to listen uh, to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Then you grow in sanctification. And, church community, you know, fellowship with other Christians, working and serving together. And you know that in church community, there bound to be conflict. And, conflict don't, don't, don't be scared of conflict. Whenever there is conflict, the way how you respond to conflict is important. And conflicts will always bring out to the surface uh, about character flaw, either in that person or you. You know, when two person having conflict, uh, sometimes the main issue is forgotten. Maybe you start using words, harsh words, and then, you know, strong words, and you, you, you cut the person. You know, conflicts always bring out the character flaw accentuate or, or reveal the character flaw and then the holy spirit will speak to you through his word or through the preaching and then working in you then you cooperate you respond and then god begin to work in your life finally the two things are: huh? uh, i just wanted to spend more time but it looks like uh, i've taken a lot a long time maybe really. suffering and trouser trials, huh? trials that james talk about say rejoice uh, whenever you face various kind of trials whatever trials maybe you lost a job you know your economic deprivation or or in relationship you get jilted or or in the workplace you know you are demoted or you you had difficult people you know you got sudden sickness that come into your life that uh, not because of your sin you know that uh, someone else uh contaminated your water source you took in a lot of heavy metal then you got alzheimer you got dementia you got parkinson you got all kinds of sickness got the cancer you know you 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 are one that affected and and paul and James say welcome the trials you know because the trials let me let me turn to james uh then uh, let's turn to james James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish your work so that you may be matured and complete, not lacking anything. So when you consider the end result, the consequence, or what testing of your faith, that trials came into your life to test your faith. Then when you pass that testing, that you, you discover your faith is genuine and you produce perseverance. You didn't give up. You know, you didn't say, ah, I don't want to walk with Christ anymore. I, I reject the church. I, I don't want the church. all hypocrites. You know, you say all kinds of things. You know, you say that the, yeah, nobody cares for me. I go to suffering, go to trial. Nobody bother about me. Um, but you don't understand the trial is a testing of your faith and uh, that develop character develop perseverance and you you find that all oh, your faith you develop a resilient faith you don't give up easily and that faith makes you to be spiritually mature and that is spilled over into other aspect of uh, your life when you have relationship bottom whether marriage or with a friendship You keep working at it. You don't walk out of your marriage, your spouse. You don't walk out of a good friend. You want to work at it. Because why? You have, God has developed perseverance in you. And suffering is one way in which God used to produce deeper sanctification. Uh, Romans chapter 5 verses 3 to 5. And there's a lot more. I think it can be one sermon by itself. And I find the suffering that come into my family, uh, Constance having Parkinson in stage uh, four and five already. And uh, we went to, we are going through suffering and I find that we have been deepened. Our faith, our walk with Christ, our character, uh, inside out, our, uh, uh, our thought life, our, our emotion, and, and many things. God is working very deeply in our life. Far more than, than other periods of our life. Suffering is one tool that God uses. Uh, and the other one is discipline. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 10. Uh, it talks about contrasting between earthly father and the heavenly father. When we are naughty children, your earthly father disciplined you and you don't like it. But if you know that your father loves you and then later on when you become a, a, a young man or a young woman, already, you look back, wow! people say i'm such a good person i'm so so disciplined i'm very punctual where did i develop all these good habits good character oh because my father when i was young my father disciplined me because every time i come back late i take for granted my mother cook also i don't bother i come back i'm always last to come back i go and play football i don't care you know my mother father work so hard then my father would discipline me, make me really come back on time, and then if you come back late for half an hour, no more dinner for you. Then I go hungry. Then later I discovered I should not do that. Discipline. So when you look at that discipline in the spiritual aspect, when God disciplines us when we sin, you know sin is always destructive. Systematic theology, they say sin look like very static one. When you study systematic theology, But sin is not static, it's dynamic. It's a ripple effect. It keeps going down and down and destructive. And so God has to discipline us by stopping the path of sin in our life to stop that. And then later we look back, oh, God actually disciplined me for my good, to train me to grow in righteousness, in holiness. Okay, that application can come in diverse form. uh. The purpose, now we look at the how of uh, sanctification, the means of sanctification. The why, uh, I I maybe just mention very quickly, you look at the purpose of sanctification. To conform us to the image of Christ, to testify to the power of the gospel in transformed life when people look at you before and after. You know, like the picture of a person who is 140 kilograms. Suddenly, now it's only 70 kilograms, half. You know, wow, you know, what a great change. Then those people who knew you uh, five years ago, oh, party, go over, go and drink, get drunk, you know, party, you know all kind of uh, loose living. And suddenly, wow, such a holy girl. Wow, you're so different. Uh. Complete makeover. The before and the after. to testify to the power of the gospel in transforming life to equip us to a holy vessel for God to use and to free us from the destructiveness of sin so that we experience wholeness and well-being and to prepare us for heaven correct? to prepare us for our new home uh, where perfect uh, sanctification uh, will happen Uh, so the purpose so finally let me quickly end. Uh, oh, the assurance I already mentioned that Eddie that God who called no no put that the assurance I want to quote this uh, Romans eight twenty nine to thirty the they call it the golden golden chain of uh, redemption uh, for those God foreknew mean God already chosen you uh, before you were born. Uh, he loves you even before you were born he chose you he know you he formed you and he also predestined you to be conformed to the likeness of his son so sanctification is god's will to predestine you uh, to be like jesus those he predestined he called the effectual call, the inner call and those he called he justified mean that you will be quickened born again and you have faith then you believe in christ and then those he justified he also glorified glorified means a uh, uh, glorification means perfect sanctification you are completely you know in a sense in a character like jesus uh, 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 perfect sanctification when you are given the perfect uh, uh, glorified body and a glorified body so the golden chain uh, not a single one is missing you know every piece is intact like the chain huh? held together is never broken one if god has really for knew you for you he will predestine you to be conformed to be like jesus so he will definitely sanctify you and then he predestine you he will call you and when he call you quicken you make you you know uh, uh, come alive and then he will justify you declare you righteous and then when he justify you he will glorify you. In between, is a whole lifelong process of progressive sanctification. So you will have the assurance, you say, the one who calls you is faithful. God doesn't change his mind. God's word is faithful. He will do that in our life you will do that. So individually we grow in sanctification, but corporately, when the whole church grow to be spiritually beautiful and matured to be God, godly and like Jesus, huh? how wonderful will be that kind of church, isn't it? Corporately, that kind of church and powerful for God to use. And so these two verses is something that I hope our children will memorize. And finally, the beauty and joy of sanctification. As we grow in holiness, we grow in conformity to the image of Christ. And more and more of the beauty of Christ's character is reflected and seen in our lives. And this is the goal of progressive sanctification. And sanctification brings great joy to us. When you grow more and more holy, uh, it, it should bring joy to you rather than you find sanctification to be something oh you, you know you dread it you know uh, i don't want to be holy you know people make fun of me actually it should bring joy to you the more we grow in likeness to christ the more we will personally experience the joy and peace that are part of the fruit of the holy spirit the joy and peace can you imagine when you are free from sin huh? sin will bring guilt and shame you know it's it stick to you you know your past sinner stick to you until you really feel that you have been cleansed and that you've been forgiven otherwise you live with such a shameful life you know you know you feel so shameful but god do want you to live that kind of life so sanctification will also helps us in the sense of repentance continuous repentance and faith that's the good news you have done wrong you have sinned then repent turn away and then by faith in god in christ it is forgiven you so the guilt and shame is removed and then the sin of that particular sin in your life is weakened more and more and then you grow and experience joy and peace that are the fruit of the spirit and the more we will draw near to that kind of life that we will have in heaven wonderful when we're in heaven this is the kind of life you are perfectly sanctified you will no longer agitate me and provoke me. And uh, you know, you are no longer filled with rage. You won't be envious of people. You won't feel with jealousy. There'll be perfect harmony. Uh, you know, heaven will be a wonderful place. And then we are now being prepared. Our lives are being shaped, molded, transformed, sanctified to prepare for the kind of life that we'll have in heaven. Okay, let's pray. Uh, uh, let's pray. Lord we are grateful for your grace of the work of the holy spirit in sanctifying us and it is your will that you want to sanctify our spirit soul and body and to transform us from the inside out what a great news uh, wonderful uh, to know that god you you want to do that in our lives to make us beautiful that we become our character become more and more like Christ, and so the recovery of the gospel of grace to understand that we were once sinners, uh, depraved, and that you, by your goodness, justified us, quicken our spirit, and cause us to be born again, and that uh, and justified us and declare us righteous, and we know that we are already accepted in your sight, that we are holy and righteous in your sight. And so now it will be our grateful uh, willing respond to the work of the holy spirit you know in 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 the work what the holy spirit is working in us and we thank you for the means of grace for the community for the word word uh, word of god for the holy spirit uh, for the various way in which you use to bring about deeper sanctification in our life and in our community so we are thankful and uh, so we want to say how much We appreciate that. And so help us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.